Hi, and welcome to the Unconventionalist Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Roost, and today is a very special episode where I'm going to dive into the juicy, nitty-gritty details of how I managed to launch my book with only three weeks to go and hit three top 10 Amazon best-selling categories. But it wasn't all rosy. I'm going to get into that in just a second. Before I do that, two things. Number one, I wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you who have bought my new book, Glow in the Dark, how sharing your personal story can transform your business and change your life. It is honestly one of the most surreal things to get pictures from people around the world or sending me DMs on social media or emails with the book in one of their favorite coffee shops. I just had my friend Will over in New York send a picture in front of the New York Stock Exchange. Um, I've had people in Thailand, in Norway. So just keep those coming and know that I so appreciate your support. And number two, I wanted to ask you a favor. And that is, if you've purchased the book, if you've read the book or heard the book, can you please, please go to amazon.co.uk and leave a review? I've failed to ask people to leave reviews. And it turns out it's actually a really important part of the process to get people to know about my book and hopefully impact even more lives. I've also been told that reviews lead to better performance on Amazon, which can contribute to placing my book on future Amazon decided promotions. So it would be a huge thing if you could take a couple of minutes, just head over to amazon.co.uk, type in glow in the dark, mark the roost, and then leave a review. It's really, really easy. Big, big shout out um, to my friend Ryan, uh, who was the first person to leave a review on Amazon and sent me a screenshot. And I got really excited. And to D, who left the first review on audiobook. So that's my ask. I appreciate you so much. And now let's get into the juicy details as to how my book launch was the best and the worst of book launches in history. Let's get into it right now. Okay, so first off, um, I've talked about this at length in, in, in other people's podcasts and I'll be linking them in the show notes. So if you want to hear a bit more about the backstory of how I ended up writing my book, how I came up with the title Glow in the Dark, then go check this out. But if you've got any specific questions, just let me know. Reach out, send me a question, whether that's on LinkedIn or DM on Instagram. Those are probably the two places I hang out the most these days. Or drop me an email at mark at theunconventionalists.com. Uh, and I'd love to hear some of the specific questions you have. And maybe I can record either a satellite podcast episode or just you know record a quick video that I can share as well on my, my social media platform. So, But today I want to get into how I ended up launching my book and, and what went well and what went terribly wrong. <laughs> um, so early on, I set up my goal that I wanted to try and go for a Sunday Times bestselling book. That was kind of like the original goal a few years ago when I signed my book deal with um, Hachette with the imprint of John Marie Learning. And probably for a place of ego, but also I knew that it would then leverage more opportunities and it would help the book get a bigger profile and be seen by people. And if you're hearing the background noise, that's my kids running around. Um, and uh, But a few things happened. One of them is that three weeks before launch day, we still didn't have a book cover finished. We still didn't have the inside of the book finalized and we didn't really have a concrete uh, launch date until really late in the process. So I can dive that into that topic in a content in another episode be very happy to 
But for now, what you need to understand is that I had a very, very short window and runway to try and make a maximum impact and noise about the book, um, which at times I was really frustrated by because I wanted to create all these assets and marketing campaigns and bonuses, but I was kind of stuck and waiting for some of those assets that I had to create myself based on some of the first kind of PDFs that I got through. But I knew that being a best-selling author on Sunday Times was just not going to happen. I didn't have the platform, didn't have the budget, um, didn't have the time. Like I, I, I reached out actually to a couple of PR agencies um, and I also spoke to to my good friend uh, and the amazing PR expert, uh, Lucy Werner from from the Werner PR agency who wrote the book Hype Yourself and uh, and Brand Yourself. And everyone said the same thing. They were like, you need at least eight weeks of runway to try and make even a splash for your book, especially the way that magazines work. So I, I, when I used to be country manager at the Mamba Foundation, I, I knew this too well, that if you wanted to get long lead media, so we're talking about magazines, whether that's Men's Health, GQ, Red, Psychology Magazine, all these kind of magazines, it's months in advance. Like you need to get in months in advance if you want to be able to even have a chance of having a feature in, in, in the month or around the month that you're going to be launching your book. So I knew that was out. And then, you know, it's a busy period. Christmas period time is, is a hard time to get noticed. So I just knew that it was going to be challenging. But I still wanted to go for a bestseller. Like I still had this intention that I really wanted to try and figure out what's it going to take to kind of write and, and publish a bestselling book. So I went for like the second best thing, which was to try and go for an Amazon number one bestseller. Now, I will admit that it is often common practice for authors to try and go for an Amazon bestseller and there are ways that you can slightly hack the process. Now, the way that typically people do is that when you um, self-publish, which means that you are the person who is paying for the publication of your own book, but you own and, and retain all the rights to your book and decide how you want to distribute and what the cover is and you get a lot of creative freedom over around that. Um, you can do a few things that as a traditional publisher author, you cannot do. So number one, you can drop the price of your book to 99p, right? They can drop the audio uh, or like the ebook version of your of your book to 99p for a period of time, which you can then push as many people to buy the book and it doesn't cost a lot. So most people are likely to say yes for 99p. The second thing you can do is that you can go for some obscure um, category on Amazon, which gives you a higher chance of being ranked on that day or in that particular moment compared to other titles in that category. So you can you can claim to be a number one best Amazon seller. And by all means, it is hard to do that even that way. But A, I didn't want to do that. It didn't feel quite right to me. B, um, it wasn't it wasn't even possible. Like we weren't going to change the price. It was going to be $14.99. And we were going to go for some of the biggest and most difficult categories like entrepreneurship and business presentation skills. Um, so with that in mind, I knew that if I was going to get a chance at doing this, then we had to pick a day at which point we're going to ask my entire audience and everybody I knew to buy the book. And I'd read online and I'd looked online to see how does the algorithm on Amazon work? Does it refresh and all this stuff? So I read somewhere that basically what you want to try and do is you want to try and concentrate people to come and buy the book in a period of time during the day, which will then help the algorithm Amazon to maybe recommend your book more and start pushing your book forward and then it eventually causes more sales. That was kind of the idea, right? So in my mind, I was like, right, I'm going to try and get as many people as I can to try and buy the book around 12 o'clock on the 8th of December, which was a Thursday. The reason why it's a Thursday and books come on Thursday, which I think I think this is why, is that the way that uh, the Sunday Times bestsellers, New York Times, all this kind of stuff work is that they will 
count all the pre-sales that you've sold before the official publication date. And then they will count all the sales that you do from the Thursday to the Saturday, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's like a weird internal system, what they count, what they don't count as. It's very strange. Don't ask me why. It's kind of an archaic system. But the point is, if you want to make a bestseller's list, then you need to smash as many pre-orders as you can. And then those three days, just make as much splash as you can and, and hope to be in the top 10. Yuan Harry's book, Lost Connections, and I think Stolen Focus, sorry, that was just released as a as a as an audio book, I think, and a paperback or something, was like two or three weeks in a row in the number one bestsellers, which is really really impressive. So with that in mind, you know, I start reaching out to people, sending out emails, asking my community, like, you know, will you help out? Can you please hold off on buying the book and buy buy this book on this day? Um, and it was also going to be coincided with my book launch that evening, which I organized, which to be honest, I might as well have organized a wedding. The amount of stress that went into that event was the same. And I also felt like I didn't see anyone or spoke to anyone, but I will, I will speak about that in a second. So I get geared up and ready. I don't think I sleep that much the previous nights. I've got everything ready to blast off and to send out to everybody. And Thursday, the 8th of December, 2022 comes around. So I wake up that morning and I start blasting like emails and DMs and messages and WhatsApp and calls, everybody I know. By, I would say, maybe 10, 11 o'clock, I think I get a message, if I remember well, from my publisher saying, saying, hey, you know, the book's doing well, like we're seeing numbers, you know, that's great. Uh, and so I'm like, yeah, exciting, amazing. So I keep pushing, I keep pushing. By 11.30, I think it's about 11.30, the book sells out on Amazon. So... In essence, that's not a bad thing. Now, I'm, I'm going to be transparent with you. It, Amazon don't order thousands of books for a first-time book. They've already ordered like a, a few books, whether that's a hundred, or a couple of hundred or whatever. They've ordered like a few books, but they sell out, right? Pretty quickly. So you think that that's great, you know, sold out on book launch, that's okay. Well, it's not that great because what happens is that they then said, you know, you can pre-order, you can order the book, but it won't be delivered until like this random date in the future, right? So that's never great. But then around 12.35, I think it was, I get a, a message on WhatsApp from a friend, Gemma, um, who says to me, hey, I can't seem to be able to add the book to my basket. And I was like, huh, that's weird. That's a, that must be a glitch. Like, And I ask her to send me some screenshots. She sends me some screenshots. And yeah, it's like there's no possibility to add any books to basket. So I start panicking. I start looking online. I start asking other friends. Everybody confirms, yeah, it feels like the page has crashed. I go mad and frantic at my publisher on, on, on WhatsApp saying, hey, what's going on here? Like we're at the peak, at the peak moment of of orders. And 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 at the rate that we were going, I knew that we were going to hit at least one number one Amazon bestseller category, which is which is no small feat. But I keep getting messages, DMs, emails from people saying, hey, what's going on? We can't order your book. I can't. And I'm just going, oh, my God. It felt like this amazing space rocket that you spent three years working on and that you'd personally invested so much time and energy building that you see it launch. And it's launching beautifully. It's going to plan. It's going marvelously well. But then suddenly someone somewhere just pulled the plug and you see it just tank. You're seeing it going down and tanking. And that's how it kind of felt. My publisher never have never seen this. Like we don't know what's going on. We're trying to we're trying to see what's happening. We're sending emergency stock to Amazon. They should be restocking soon. We're now like 1:30 in the afternoon, and I'm still in pajamas, panicking, right? Stressing out over like what should have been this 
amazing launch and it's just becoming a nightmare. Plus, I'm supposed to be at six o'clock that evening to start preparing with, you know, um, a bunch of people who are coming along to help install the Room and Angel in, the, in North London um, for my book launch, right? But I'm in my PJs and I'm panicking and I'm going. So long story short um, is we didn't end up making the number one Amazon bestseller that day. And I was really devastated. I was gutted. And the reason why that happened is Amazon, and I'm not going to get into the, you know, the blame game of saying that who should have done what. And I, I, I just didn't understand how this could have happened, right? Because I think what happened is my publisher on Amazon probably didn't have a conversation about, hey, it's going to be launch day and, and Mark is going to push this heavy. So you're going to go from having a very dormant kind of sales, pre-sales process to suddenly having a massive boost. And they weren't really prepared for that. So Amazon thought that there were so many orders coming through that there were bots. <laughs> that all of you who were trying to order the book on the 8th of de December were actually bots. And so it shut down. It crashed my page. And it stopped enabling orders. And then it said that if you, you know, the book would be available back in January, like 2023 or April 2023. It was absolutely insane. So I was, as you can imagine, I was fuming. I was upset. I was devastated. I was exhausted because this had been like such a long ultra marathon, right? Which was supposed to celebrate. Um, so I was gutted. I was really upset. Um, eventually, I remember telling Julie, my partner, I said, look, do you mind? I gave her a stash. Of stuff. Do you mind going to the venue? The team's going to be there and just direct them around. Ask them, you know, Ed, the videographer is going to be there. Um, Olivia, the photographer is going to be there. And like the guy's going to help out, set up the room. Like we have so much to do. Do you mind going ahead? And I'll, I'll meet you because I still need to figure out a few of these issues. And so as I'm getting ready and I get prepared, I still hadn't, I still hadn't, hadn't written my speech, by the way. I was going to write my presentation or my speech. I still hadn't done any of that because I was so, so kind of caught up in this. Why? Why did this happen? I'm like, really upset. Um, eventually I refreshed Amazon and I saw that we did hit top 10 in three different categories, right? Um, we did four, number four, number six, and number eight in three different categories and entrepreneurship and business presentation skills, which don't get me wrong. It's great. Like it was a bestseller on launch, but it wasn't number one. Like I really wanted that number one bestselling spot. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that had the website not crashed, had Amazon not, you know, frozen my, my page, we would have got a number one. But at least that was a bit of good news that I could go with to the party. And uh, and I went to the, my, my book launch. It was honestly amazing. Like, I have so much gratitude for everyone who made it out on that cold. It was a cold Thursday. It was like that period of time. I think it was snowing probably before that week. But it was such a cold Thursday that, you know, we had this room in in, in, in Angel that I booked out. We, 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 we got some amazing catering from um, Liffy, you know, Kitchen with Sonia who came in and the catering was amazing. We had some waiters, we had some booze, we had like these neon signs. Uh, we had an activity which we stole from our kids, which was like this rocket ship where you could write a piece of your story because I wanted to like launch a story in the world so everybody could write a piece of their story on this rocket. Um, we had a photographer. It was just, oh, I can't, I can't. It's very difficult to explain because it still feels surreal that there were all these people showing up and they were just so enthusiastic about my book. And the way that I did my book launch is I, I wanted to do something different. I think probably from my time at November, I knew that creating like an experience and probably something different than usual was important to stand out. And so I didn't want to just sit in a library and read a book and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's, I think it's great to bring people to a bookstore and 
read chapters of your book and, and sign a few copies and sell. I thought that was great, but that just wasn't really me. So I wanted to do a celebration because I knew that no impact is an island. So many people had helped and contributed to make this book as reality. You know, David Over, Leda Green, um, you know, just just to name a few. So many, so many people, you know, um, my friend Hedgie, my best friend Hedgie. So they, they just needed, I just needed to have people to celebrate this moment with me and to thank them, right? So I, all I remember from that event, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, is I don't remember speaking to a lot of people. I remember a lot of hugging, a lot of hugs, but I felt so much love. I just bathed in love. There's so much love and gratitude that was going on in that room. And so the way that I did is I wanted to bring my book to life. I wanted to bring some of the stories I talk about in my book to life. I also wanted to bring former podcast guests to come and talk and share parts of their stories. So I interviewed them live in front of the audience. Um, we had four different amazing guests come and share the story. We had Dr. Rupi Orsler, uh, the founder of The Doctor's Kitchen, who came out and and, and shared some of the story, which was really great. Um we had Vanessa Bello um, from High 15, who's been on the show, you know, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, consultant expert for some of the biggest brands like Disney and LVMH, Gymshark and so forth. Um, we had Donna O'Toole, the, the founder and CEO of August Recognition, an awards a consultancy agency, and she was a client and she was amazing. The story was just brilliant. And then Gion Powers, who is the founder and CEO of TLC Lions, who came and talked about, you know, sharing stories in the corporate world and humanizing the workplace. And it was just awesome. It was just so great. We, we had to shut down the party pretty quickly. I <laughs> like because I think we were supposed to shut at 10. But it was it was an amazing event. And I managed to kind of recover from the disappointment of not getting that number one spot. And at the same time, celebrating this huge achievement, being really proud of this moment. And um, what was amazing was that this was on the Thursday on the Friday, um, the awesome Jody Cook wrote a really brilliant feature on Forbes.com, which I'll put in the link of the show note, you know, that talked about the book. And that was just beautiful and amazing. And it just felt like, oh, you know, and it really did feel like the book that broke the internet. So I kind of played with that. I kind of went along and started pitching different podcasts and publications are like, hey, um, Glow in the Dark, the book, that, <laughs> the book that broke the internet and kind of tell a bit of the background story. And what's interesting is that... Um, Ben Keen was there uh, as well, a friend of mine who came over, like the founder of Awesome Supplements. And he happened to be writing a book with the same publisher as me. And his book was coming out later so he could see all the do's and don'ts of what to do and not to do. And he actually prepared the publisher and Amazon saying, look, I don't want what happened to Mark. Um, and his wife also looked into the algorithm thing. So here's, here's what we've come to the conclusion of is that basically Amazon will look at the 24-hour aggregated sales of your book and it will compare it to the same titles in the same categories that you have and then it will benchmark you against that but it also what i found out is that amazon renews the algorithm pretty much every four hours right um so every four hours from like midnight to four four to eight eight to twelve etc it, it kind of renews the algorithm and that's kind of how you can see yourself bumping up but it will look at uh, over 24 hour period and the amazing thing is that ben's new book um i think how to live an awesome life uh, I'll put the show notes in the, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, he found out at 1 a.m. or like 1.30 a.m. that he made it to number one best-selling book in his category. Um, so it's all all part of the learning curve. I would definitely not, uh, I would do two things very differently. I would um, warn Amazon and the publisher that uh, launch date is going to be manic and hectic and please do not shut down the order button and please order additional stock because you will set out quickly. And number two, I would spread out the... Um, 
request of buying the book over, over a long period of time during the day, whether that's a four-hour period a bit longer. But I definitely wouldn't say everybody around 12, you know, try and do that. So I want to share this story because I've been asked um, kind of how we did it. And, you know, one of the things I, I forgot to mention is that I did do a lot of kind of a bit of buzz work before the book was launched. So, you know, I, I did a reveal video um, when I opened up my book for the first time at my publisher's Hachette UK in London. And I was, re and I was hit with like a really emotional reaction when I've held my book for the first time and I didn't expect it. So I kind of shared that and I would post it on social media and my email and, and my newsletter. And and then I, I did an official book trailer because if you've read my book, then you'll know that I'm a huge fan of cinema and trailers are like my favorite thing in the world. And so I wanted to do an official book trailer. I want to do something different. And so I did that. And uh, and that really helped kind of create a bit of a buzz. And then I did also a video of the book launch, which you can, you can go and check out all of that, by the way, at www.glowinthedarkbook.com. And I've got to say a huge thank you to everyone who sent me a testimonial and a book blurb ahead of time. You know, Scott Harrison, the CEO and founder of Charity Water, um, was incredibly generous sending me, you know, a testimony of my book. Sarah Knight, the best-selling author of like the million-dollar copy books of all the stories of the No Fucks Given Guides. And she's got a new book that's just come out um, that I really recommend you go and check out about about growing up. It looks quite funny. Um, and uh, and everybody else, you know, Dr. Rupi Orjla and uh, my friend Daniel Priest, like so many people just were really, really generous with the reviews of my book. And so that helped a lot. And I did build a website, www.glowinthedarkbook.com to try and have a single place where people could go to and be pinpointed to help generate um, some buzz. So that's the backstory. If you've got any additional questions, anything you want to find out more, please, please let me know. I'd be really, really happy to answer them. But I, I also want to say again, a huge thank you to all of you who have uh, bought my book, who've, who've who've somehow supported me in some way, and uh, and I hope you enjoy the read. If you did, let me know. Let me know. You can send me an email at mark at theunconventionalist.com and you can also send me a DM on LinkedIn or Instagram. One thing I'll say though, if you haven't checked this out yet in my book, um, I really wanted to make something different because I read, you know, a few, I don't read a lot, but I read a few nonfiction books and often find a great amount of information and value out of them. But once I put them down, I kind of move on and I don't really know how much I've actually grown as a result of reading it. Um, so I wanted to create an assessment tool. So when you start my book, there's actually a link inside the book that takes you to an assessment tool that you can take. It's like a, a really quick quiz where you answer a bunch of questions and it will give you a benchmark score on where you stand right now with regards to how powerful you are, you are able to communicate your story and, and engage your audience. And uh, that score will hopefully, by the end of you reading the book, you retake the same test. It gives you the same link at the end. You answer the same questions and it will give you a different score. So you can hopefully see in a tangible way how much you've grown and learned as a result of reading my new book, Glow in the Dark. And I'm really excited about that because I hope it's going to provide you some form of guidance and reassurance that you're heading in the right direction. Um, and I'm also going to be launching a program because some of you have been asking this and have been uh, you know, asked by CEOs and founders, how can we actually take the content of the book and turn it into a program? So I'll be, I'll be talking about this you know, in the next episode. But until then, I just want to know that I'm working on it and I'm really excited about it. I'm probably going to be launching it at some point between March and May. And I'm going to select a few CEOs and founders and we're going to work on to how to unpack your story and share it in a really powerful way so you can connect with the audience and inspire action and build trust and raise your profile. Um, so keep an eye on for that. But in the meantime, I'm going to ask again, 
My huge favor today is if you could please go to amazon.co.uk and leave a rating and review of my book. Please, you know, if it's a five star, brilliant. Brilliant. Really helps. Thank you. Appreciate it. But generally, um, thank you so much, Ryan, for posting the first review. Um, so I, I'm hoping to get a few more of those ratings and reviews in. So if you can help, that'd be amazing. Thank you so much again for all your support. Um, it feels a pretty surreal experience. But now what I love most about it is I carry a copy of my book around everywhere I go. I know it sounds weird, but I was at the gym the other day and I was having a chat with someone in the gym. Turns out he was a professor at um, LSE and we were talking about stuff. He's like, oh, you should come and, you know, maybe come and give a talk or a lecture at you know, LSE and a guest speaker. So I was like, yeah, that'd be amazing. Here's a copy of my book. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, thank you so much. And stuff. So it kind of creates new momentum and connection. I love being able to go on other people's podcasts as well. So I'll talk about that specifically later. But if you host a podcast or if you know someone who does, I'd love a warm introduction because sharing sharing the word on other people's podcasts has been actually amazing. I've loved, I've loved, I've loved every minute of them. So please, please reach out. Um, and again, if you've got any questions, any comments, or if you'd like to tell me what you thought about my book, please email me at mark at theunconventionalist.com. I read every email that, that comes through. So know that I'll read your email. Until then, have an amazing rest of the month whenever you're listening to this. I appreciate you. And remember, your story matters. I'll see you next time.